KDOW iRadio 76 proudly presents the 515 Show with your host, John Sarver. Who's at the 515 door today? I am telling you, we are excited to have this young man on with us because uh, <laughs> we can break new news right now that uh, this gentleman is getting out of doing hot rod engines and he's going into the lucrative business of appliance repair. Chris Holbrook, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, and thanks for the young man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I thought you'd like better the appliance repair. I mean, anybody that can <laughs> can do Coyote Motors and fix a washing machine all at the same time. I mean, uh, trust me, I'd, ra- I'd rather do the coyote engine than that <laughs> washing machine. You can have that. <laughs> yeah, but think of the modifications. I mean, who wants to buy a Whirlpool when they could buy a Holbrook? You know, I'm thinking <laughs> that right. your spin cycle would be like 10,000 RPM. <laughs> well, my wife didn't tell me that it, it threw a router. Oh, good. I'm I'm telling you, if you would have like a Holbrook repair man come to the house with a Simpson suit on, you know, and, and leave him a fine Holbrook washer dryer with like one of those old 1970s Sun 2 tacks so you could see how fast the, the wash was going. Anyways, we're glad to have you on. The reason why we said that is the first time that we talked to, uh, to Chris was he was fixing a washing machine, if you give him an hour or so, he'll be glad to talk to you. But right now, and you're thinking, <laughs> normally supermen don't do appliance repair. We were we were thrilled to see that you did that. Well, you know, it, it backfired on me. I, you know, I bought my wife a, a new uh, Bronco Sport for Christmas, and she said, seeing that you uh, gave me a new uh, car payment, we can't afford a washing machine, <laughs> so guess what? You're going to fix it. <laughs> You know, I, I'm thinking, how long is that going to work for her? You know, <laughs> well, it's, it's about twenty years. It's about twenty years old already. So. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that whole line, anything that you want, you know what? I'm going to buy a Snicker bar. Yeah, you can, but we got a car payment now. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I'll be hearing that for a while. Yeah, you would be. You know, it, it's kind of interesting. The whole Holbrook family. You know, of course, with your father Carl. You know, and, and it, the unique thing is that we did at one time see the um, Pinto that he was running. You know, back back, oh, yeah. back in the day. Oh, yeah, those were the good old days. And, you know, uh, growing up with my father and in those times, I mean, I just couldn't ask for a better childhood, you know. Uh, you know, uh, when he uh, puts a uh, builds a 514 big block Ford with aluminum rods and puts it in the the F three fifty tow vehicle <laughs> to haul the car to the track, you know that that it's just crazy times, you know. <laughs> you know, Carl, it, it's kind of unique that we have Randy Lindemood, who is the son of uh, the late great Roger Lindemood, uh, the Color Me Gone friends, you know, and he w- was saying that he grew up as a drag race kid, and I mean, you were there since day one. I mean, your dad was off and running by the time you were born, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was uh, running the, uh, you know, the 67, 68 uh, Mustangs, you know, and I was born in 66, so uh, uh, I was kind of built, you know, born right into it. How does that work? I mean, do you, like, how come everybody else's dad doesn't have, you know, a, a, a car like my dad's? You know, how come everybody else's dad doesn't race, or did you just kind of go, that's how it is? Oh, I just... 
thought that's how it was. You know, this is a uh, this is a uh, life, and this is what we do. You know, <laughs> I didn't know any different. I mean, do you have any brothers and sisters? Uh, I have two sisters, a younger and an older. Okay, so they weren't scooped up and saying, "Hey, look, kids, I need crew for this weekend." Well, you know, back then, you know, times were different. You know, you, you took a, your like your F three fifty pickup truck and a, a trailer, and you didn't have the motor home to stay in, or <laughs> you know the you know. <laughs> yeah. So it was a little bit different. My my mom, you know, it took her a while to uh, decide if she liked racing or not because she was stuck in the pickup truck for a long time. You know. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I mean, how rough was it, I mean, for you to, like, go, if you went with your dad when he campaigned all around, I mean, especially if you were in junior high school, high school, I mean, did you do your homework on the dashboard between rounds? What did, what were you doing? Uh, well, yeah, you did, you did your homework uh, going down the road in the, in the hotel uh, rooms, and, you know, I'll be telling you, I'm not, uh, this is a story, and, and this is times I, I wish I could forget, but. My dad was such a diehard, he had to get to the track as soon as he could, and he would not pull over for anything. So watching my mom and my sisters pee in a Maxwell House coffee can was something like <laughs> I need to forget, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, just on a side note, Chris, is, is anyone of your sisters still with us? Uh, yes, both of them are. Oh, yeah. good. Thank God it's only you and me talking here today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can about imagine how much that had to have been. I mean, how far away would you guys go to campaign? Uh, he went quite, you know, he went far. I mean, we went to, uh, you know, obviously Indy and uh, um, uh, Bowling Green. I mean, I know Florida, you know, Gainesville. He travel all over the place. And he had a problem with stopping? Yes. He oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I don't know if he was just, you know, and he, he didn't have to go to the bathroom. I mean, he just <laughs> drove and drove. And <laughs> it's like, man, what did he do? Tie that thing in a knot? I don't know. <laughs> God, what a man. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, because those trips, especially back in the day, you know, what'd you have, like a Stuckey's to eat? What'd he do, slow down at the McDonald's, and if you weren't back in by the time he took off, see ya? Well, you know, I remember him going down the road, and remember those orange peanut marshmallow things? Oh, love he them, yeah. He would just yeah. chow on those going down the road. <laughs> it's like, man, how many of those are you going to eat? <laughs> so... The legendary Carl Holbrook is jacked up on circus peanuts driving down I-75. <laughs> I mean, so what did you guys have? Like the big truck? Did you have a station wagon when all you folks went? No, just uh, you know, a four-door Ford pickup truck with a sleeper on the back. And, uh, you know, you knew you were in trouble when he put the bigger tank in the bed of the truck because that <laughs> means you could go further, you know? <laughs> awesome. You know, but what did you do when you got to the track? Was everybody assigned? Did your dad, like, say, look, you're assigned to do this, and your sisters are assigned to do that, and your mom has to stay in the truck? Um, well, you know, the biggest thing my my deal was, is back in the day, you know, you had those garden sprayers that you, you wouldn't got water, and you 
pumped it up and you sprayed the radiator after each run. You know, that was that was my main job. <laughs> wow. And then you better not fail with that, right? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, when were you assigned that? How old were you? Oh, I'd say I was probably about 11 or 12. Wow. Wow. And then you start looking around at all these other cars and things, and this, to you, was this is the way life is. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we would uh, we weren't fortunate enough to have, a, you know, a golf cart or a pit bike or something, but... You always found a friend, in the, you know, with that had the dad that had the, had that stuff with him, and you kind of tagged along with them. So you, at least you had something to kind of ride around on pits, you know. <laughs> I mean, did they give you a mini bike with like a Briggs and Stratton on it? Um, I didn't even have that. Uh, what? I think, uh, everything, yeah, everything was uh, kind of tight quarters, and uh, it, and if we did have that, uh, you know, dad or one of his uh, guys that uh, he took with him to crew. Uh, we're on that, you know, so. <laughs> I mean, did your dad do everything while you guys, like, you know, filled air and tires and stuff, or when you got pretty, older? Pretty much. Wow. I mean, were your sisters hip to go? Or did they say, look, we could stay home this weekend, can't we? Um, well, they didn't go as much as I did, but they did go. And, uh, you know, a lot of times my mom would stay back after a while, and, uh, you know, because uh, she just, so it would just be me and my dad and then a crew guy. You know, we have, I hope you don't mind, but we have folks writing in already on Hotline at CKWI Radio 76. Uh, folks want to know, and I'll paraphrase, because you were traveling around with your father so much, did you miss your prom? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> and, um, and wow. here's the biggest thing that, you know, at the time, I did, you know, when you're younger, you, you kind of all your other friends were playing t-ball and yeah you know sports sports in school well i couldn't do that he's like oh we got racing you got to get in the truck and we got to go you know so that, that like i just kind of dealt with it and that's that's what it was you know wow and so okay so as you're growing up and you're getting older and you're in high school and everybody has their cars at that time did you have a target on your back, or was everybody your pal? Because hey, I got something going wrong in my engine. Can you listen to this? <laughs> well, you had a little bit of that, and then uh, you know, my dad was pretty uh, strict on. Uh, he did not want to see uh, his son out street racing, you know. So uh, we did most of our, our racing at the track, and uh, so, so so very uh, very seldom uh, I had something that was really fast on the street. <laughs> So that was like your permanent rev limiter? They gave you a Volkswagen Beetle or something? <laughs> then, well, you know what? Uh, or, or you know, he's, he, we, I did have like a, you know, say a 70, I think it was like a 72 Torino, but it had a 351 Cleveland in it. And and uh, a lot of it was, you know, the doors were rusted up to the middle of the, <laughs> of the door. And, you know, I mean, it's just snow tires on it. That's all I could afford, you know. He's like... You want it to go fast, and you work on it, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, but think about the the rust on that, Chris. I mean, you already have lighter weight, so you have the advantage. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but the snow tires, well, they're slicks now. I mean, was there <laughs> any any kind of, like, look, maybe I could hop up this Torino. We have some parts over there in the garage, you know? But <laughs> or would your dad have, like, a really strong eye on you? And go, if you open oh, yeah. that hood. 
he had a strong eye on me, and, you know, like I said, anything that I, I did, I had to pay for myself. So, you know, uh, working and going to school, and it just, you didn't have much money to do that. I remember one time I had, a, a like I say, a 67 Fairlane, and uh, it was, uh, the shifter was in the floor. Well, I, I ended up blowing the engine up in that, and he had an old Mont- he had an old Montego sitting in the parking lot. And he says, well, that's got a good engine in there. If you put that in that Fairlane, then you have a, you have an engine in trans. And I said, okay. So in the parking lot, I took the engine out of the Fairlane and, and then took the engine out of the Montego and put it in there. Well, seeing that the trans out of the Montego was a column shift, hmm. the shifter was backwards. Park, park was first <laughs> and so on and so on. So that was definitely a, a you know a, a anti-theft device because the shifter was totally backwards. You know. <laughs> How many times did you forget? Um, not many. It only <laughs> took once to forget. You know. <laughs> that grinding metal shaving kind of sound woke you up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Man, I mean, where did you work that was flexible enough for you to go to school and go campaign with your dad? Uh, my dad's job. <laughs> Funny how that worked out. I mean, how did I was going to say? Did you have to negotiate your raises? <laughs> what raises? <laughs> <laughs> did he come back with the? How do you like your bed? Yeah, it's like that, and you got to go racing. You know what? What more do you want? <laughs> Yay! But I get the crew for you, Dad. I mean, was yeah. there any time where he said, "Look, man, if you're real cool." This Mustang one day will be yours? You know, we did do that. We built, uh, I had a 63 Galaxy, and uh, yep. he did build a 428 for it. And uh, we ran that in high school nationals. And that was my first drag car. Um, and it was a 63 Galaxy with a 428 single four barrel. And uh, that was a fun car. You know, the wild thing is, too, if you go from the 63 Galaxy to... Uh, your 95 Mustang to the 97 Thunderbird to the Escort. Tell me this. How is it to race a probe? You know, in, in pro stock you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, it was awesome. I mean, uh, you know, we started out, you know, our, our first real fast car was a, was a Mustang. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was a top sportsman car, so... It had a, a Lenco in it with uh, two stages of nitrous, and uh, it had a, 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 a magnet on the clutch, and we would use a delay box where you would press the button, and, and it would hold the clutch down, and then you let go of the, the, the basically the, the, the trans brake button, I called it, and then it would, let, it would release the clutch, and the first stage would be on automatic, wow. and then uh, as, as the car left, and you were going straight, and we were pulling levers at the time, too. You just, if it was going straight and everything was good, you just grabbed that second stage and, and on you went, you know. And it was pretty cool times. Yeah, because when we were talking about it, you know, everybody goes, oh, Mustang, yes, yes, Thunderbird, oh, we can see. 63 Galaxy, boy, that must have been really cool. Uh, probe? <laughs> well, well, when we built that probe, uh, you know, we were sponsored by uh, Stu Evans at the time. And uh, it was going to be a Mustang. So they had these renderings drawn up, and there's a big snake on the side, you know. Wow. Well, then they decided, you know, a probe's going to be more aerodynamic. It's smaller. It's going to be faster. So let's build probes. 
well, they still left the, the snakes on the side, so it, it, it kind of threw people for a loop while why a snake was on the side of a probe, but it, it worked, you know? <laughs> yeah, evidently so. I mean, look how successful you were, you know, and even, but what a huge jump that had to have been from a 63 Galaxy to a, the 95 Mustang and everything else in between, you know? I mean, would oh, you, yeah. would you want that Galaxy back if you could find it? I know where it is, and yes, I would, because I, I, I picked up my wife on our on our second date on that, in that car, and um, basically we had to sell it to put a down payment on a house, and she cried for a week, you know, because that was our favorite car, you know? She cried? Yeah, she did. <laughs> wow. Wow, did you marry the right one? Way to go, you. Well, let me tell you this: is when I raced that car when I first started out, I pulled it with a with a tow bar. So <laughs> I took her to the tr- I took her to the track, and I and I explained to her, okay, when we get to the track, we got to jack the rear end up and take the street tires off and put the slicks on. So we get to the track, and uh, I started you know talking to my buddies and started talking with people, and I looked around. And I said, where'd she go? <laughs> and I look, and she's got the car jacked up and one wheel and tire off. I said, that's a keeper right there. <laughs> so is she the daughter of Ronnie Sox or somebody? I mean, <laughs> is, how did you find her? I mean, did did she know kind of what your second identity was? I mean, son of world-famous no, racer? Not at the time, because, uh, you know, uh, we met on a blind date. You know, I met him through friends, and uh, we went to the drive-in theater and uh, kind of took off from there but she, no she did not know uh, much about me in the racing you know all right first of all which drive-in theater uh grand river and you saw nothing <laughs> yeah i don't remember the because <laughs> i'm sure you were talking about world commerce and peace okay good stuff yeah <laughs> trying to bail you out of that one all right well so when did you finally tell her, hey, you know, I come up from this family that's uh, kind of well-known around here? Um, I don't know. I guess uh, it just kind of, you know, when you're trying to sell yourself, that comes out pretty quick, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was your very first calling card? Hi, do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wasn't like that, you know? Damn. Or did you have all your friends at the drag strip say, hey, come up to her and say, wow, you're so lucky that you're with Chris Holbrook. You know who he is? Uh, no, we just, you know, we got along good and, you know, had a lot of laughs and just, uh, we're still together today, so it's great. Well, yeah, because she's got a brand new Bronco. Way to go, woman. That's right. You know? That's right. I mean, what are you she driving? hard for it, so, you know. But what are you driving now, Chris? Um, I have a uh, uh, 2020 F-150 with a Coyote in it, and uh, it's got a Whipple on it, and it's four-wheel drive, and it is the craziest thing, you know, that truck that I told you about, my dad, years ago, that F-350, was a 514 aluminum rods with nitrous, Wow! and we would, he would have me take a 55-gallon drum and wheel it up to the truck and fill the rear tank with racing fuel. Then we'd hook up the trailer, and we'd go out to Milan, and when he got a couple miles away from the track, he'd flip the tank over, 
we'd get the track I'd have to unhook the trailer, put the slicks on the truck, and he'd go out, and this thing would go like 1180s, 1190s. Wow. Well, today, here I, I have a stock F-150, and I just bolted a Whipple supercharger on it, and that thing goes low 12s, and I drive it every day. It's just the crazy times, you know? Yeah, I just bolted on the Whipple charger like it's only four bolts, and it's ready to go, kids. <laughs> yeah, okay, this isn't crash at Auto Supply. <laughs> God, I mean, that whole idea, especially like in the 70s, you know, in 60s, where, where there were Ram chargers around and Grash at Auto Supplies and places where kids could just walk in, kids could just walk in and soup up their cars. You know, by buying the biggest lift cam possible and not even think about changing anything else because big cams sound good. I mean, have you had people come up into your shop with with ideas that it's like, okay, you know, they want to go fast, they want to have that big rump dump kind of cam, and then you have to explain to them there's got to be a little bit more changes than that, and they kind of go, what? Oh, yeah, that still happens today. And, you know, it's like, tell me, you know, we don't do the three-quarter race anymore. We put a full race in there. You know? That's my man. <laughs> <laughs> we like you already. Yeah, I mean, I mean, have you seen some of the mistakes? I mean, do folks come up to your shop? And, of course, we're, we're talking about Holbrook Racing Engines there in Schoolcraft um, in Livonia. Um, do they come up to you for things that they maybe saw on TV or their friends told them, and they said, look, can you do that to my engine? And you kind of go, hmm, okay. Yeah, we get it quite a bit. And, you know, the, the funniest one I I, I had was uh, had a, a younger kid call up, and he says, hey, uh, I want you to make my car do that popping noise. And I'm like, popping noise? <laughs> <laughs> Bad valve? I mean, <laughs> what are you talking? <laughs> And I'm like, w what do you have, first of all? Yeah. Oh, well, I have, like, uh, you know, a Honda. And I'm like, oh, no. We Next. Don't here. <laughs> the number you have reached has been disconnected. <laughs> yeah. You have the wrong number, sir. <laughs> I mean, can you even... All right, I, I know that you work... You said you work on more than just Fords, obviously. You know, yes. wherever the Coyotes come in and through. But I can't imagine... Somebody coming up to you with a 318 two barrel and go, can you put a nitrous on it? <laughs> well, we don't get a lot of that these days, you know, but we do get kind of, a, you know, some uh, crazy uh, uh, people wanting to do some different stuff. And, and, you know, believe it or not, we do quite a bit of, you know, like you know, just the last month we did, you know, three uh, FE engines with uh, dual four barrels, you know, and just, just for their, their you know, uh, um, restos or, you know, just a, a, you know, a daily driver or, you know, and it just, it seems like it's weird. When the engines come in, it seems like they come in like, um, kind of like blocks, you know, like uh, you'll get an FE and you'll get like four or five of them. Then you'll get a big black Mopar and you'll get three or four in a row. It's just kind of weird how it, it works out like that. Well, Chris, what's, like, the most common thing that people are asking for now? Um, realistically, you know, do you do a tune on this? You know, that is a big question all the time is, can you tune this? Can you tune that? You know, because a lot of the, you know, stuff is just, 
it's just incredible what you can do with these newer cars with just uh, bolt-ons and, and, and tunes. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, do you like getting your – would you prefer to unbolt a set of heads and say, let's get in there? or? Oh, yeah, because that, that's more what we do, you know. It's, we have an engine dyno, but to, to try to tune – an engine with factory electronics on an engine dyno just it just does not work, you know. So I, I always tell people, hey, you need to find somebody with a, a chassis dyno. That you know, if that's what you're looking for, you need to find somebody with a chassis dyno because we do more than just putting tunes in. We, you know, we kind of get into the engines and, and, and do the heads and you know bore, stroke them, you know, balance them, and, and you know we kind of do all the nine yards. We don't just throw a tune in. Yeah, because I was going to say that it seems kind of I, I I don't I'm treading carefully here, but it, it's almost like a little bit below your talents, you know, to to take the the laptop out and say there you go, there you go, thanks a lot, bye now, you know. I mean, I guess yeah, you could. You know, and, and you know, I mean, that, that's that's a you know a, a a big thing is the you know the tunes. I mean, there's a lot of people that do it and do it well, and there's some people that don't do it well. You know, just like building engines, so. You know, you got to kind of watch where you send people to. You know. Yeah, yeah, that makes it kind of interesting when, especially when you have now you have a fairly wide age gap. I mean, when you were going, when you were growing up, you know, the kids couldn't wait to get their driver's license and let's get going. You know, what does Woodward have yeah. for us today? What does Gratiot? What does Telegraph have for us today? Now, now these kids nowadays, God, I almost am this close to say, get off my grass. But, you know, it's like, how many want their license henceforth? How many are thinking about, you know, racing? You know, when you see cars and, I mean, when you see engines come into your shop, but like you were saying, they come in, in, in spurts. I mean, are you seeing, like, a lot of the gentlemen that perhaps have a little pepper in their hair that want to have their car that they loved all their life popped up a little bit? Or are you seeing, you know... Younger folks coming in with whatever kind of cars they have and saying, "Man, we need a little bit more horsepower here." Well, you know, we we kind of see both, you know, and and what is the younger guys that bring like say their LSs in and stuff? There's so much stuff on the internet. You just pull that out of the junkyard and just clean it up and throw a camshaft in it, and the thing's going to run forever, you know. And we get a lot of that, and it's like, listen, I can't put a camshaft in this, you know, junkyard <laughs> engine and, and, and warranty it or whatever. You know I mean? I, I can't stand behind it, you know? So, so uh, you're going to have to do that yourself, you know? <laughs> yeah, because I, I can about imagine what they, you're right. You see stuff on the internet and you go, well, why can't I have that? Or you see the stuff on TV, you know, the, the whatever garage, you know, or the people that are doing the hop-ups and things, and it's so easy and effortless you know, you don't see everything behind the scenes of what takes, and especially the financial side of doing this, ain't free, friends. Ain't like on TV. Right. And, and you know, and it's kind of kind of the same thing but different. But, like, back in the, in my day is you couldn't believe everything you read in the magazines <laughs> because a lot of it was, you know. But now it's just the Internet and TV is the same thing, you know. <laughs> Yeah, as many times as we read Car Crap magazine, if you didn't have a Chevrolet, you kind of went, what's in it this issue for me? But yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It is kind of funny. You're right. God bless you. 
I mean, how many times were you waiting for the popular hot rod to come out to give you whatever engine tips from the pros that were in there? Or Garlitz tells all of his speed secrets, page 23. (laughs) You know? And I'm thinking, okay, Don, you're going to tell everybody your speed secrets? (laughs) It goes exactly what you said, Chris. How much can you believe on that? You know, but as many times as you were driving around, and even in your adult life, is there any drag strip to you which is like your luckiest? It's the one that you want to go to all the time. Um, you know, Norwalk. You know, I won my first national event there, and it was the IHRA World Nationals uh, back in uh, nineteen ninety five, and and so you know, I always had kind of good luck there, but. You know, I you know winning U.S. Nationals at Indy three times. I mean, so I'd say you know it's a toss up between the two of them, but the three times at the U.S. Nationals was it's kind of a, a topper, you know. But you never forget your first win either. Yeah, and you know, and, and we even got again off the CKWI Radio seventy six hotline. They said, <laughs> I'll paraphrase. Uh, with your with your first pro stock win, Chris, who did you kiss first, your wife or your dad? <laughs> well, uh, the Wally. <laughs> How you sure you don't want to run for office? How diplomatic! Well, well said. I mean, how many Wallies you got on your shelf somewhere in various places? Um. I don't know. Uh, I guess I never counted them, but just uh, <laughs> just in, nine, in 1999, uh, in I trade, you know, uh, we we had six of them, you know, just in one year. So, but uh, I don't know because <laughs> you know I've, I've done different styles of racing too. You know, I trade, N H R A, A D R L, N M C A, N M R A. You know, it's just a. Uh, a lot of different things that we've, you know, raced and we had, you know, a lot of success as, at, you know, uh, so, you know, there's a few trophies on the wall. Yeah, I mean, do you have your own room? Do you have your own warehouse? Did you buy an old Sears to put them all in? <laughs> well, actually, I got them hanging up in our shop. I built a shelf and they kind of, uh, now we got to build another shelf because we kind of ran out of room and they're just sitting on a bench, you know, because there's a kinda. whole more room on the shelf. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I'm not playing. I'm just telling you that. <laughs> I was going to say, a, a man as successful as you are, with everything that you won in pro stock and stocks and everything else, you know, yeah, you. what's the saying? No brag, just fact. I mean, you deserve everything you got. I mean, congratulations to you. But, you know, with all the NHRA and IHRA, and everything else, what's your favorite RA to race in? Um, you know, I guess it's hard to say. You know, the the NMRA and the NMCA, they're, they're, they're very fun to race with because they really do take care of the racer. You know, they, 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 and they respect every racer that comes in that gate, and they treat you like a customer. And... Not saying taking anything away from NHRA, but you know they have a lot of pro teams as far as Top Fuel and Funny Car, and it it's hard to get the same you know attitude because you know 
they have a, you know a lot of higher up teams that uh, you know that they have to uh, take care of. So you know they're all fun. You know, I mean, it just there's nothing like winning an NHRA you know race. But to be honest with you, back in the day, IHRA was the best. I mean, they packed the stands. It was. You know, Mountain Motor Pro Stock, original Pro Mods. I mean, it just, we had a lot of fun, and, and it just, it was great times. You know, you, you bring up an interesting point. We asked Brian Wolf this when he's been on. When you are next to go, when you're just done warming up your tires and you're waiting for the folks in front of you to take off, what do you see? What do you hear? Um, you know, I, I, me, myself, I listen to the engine, you know what I mean? My own engine, you know, um, I just, I don't know, just kind of just stay focused and, uh, I listen to the engine and, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, and I don't want to say this the bad way, but you, you stand up on the starting line and you hear some of them in the burnout and they're using a, you know, like a burnout rev limiter or they're on the high side and it's like, wow, man, I, <laughs> it, it, it just, you know, it's very hard on an engine and it just, to me, you know, an engine's got to be like a, you know, a, a smooth running, you know, like a, a nice smooth song, you know, it just, I very seldom look at the tech. I just go by sound and uh, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just kind of an art that you listen to and you get, used to doing you know okay i mean do you see the people in the stands do you hear anything um i i don't really pay attention to it to be honest with you i mean sometimes i mean when you're rolling in the burnout box you look up there and say wow there's a full crowd today you know but um you've been doing it a, a long enough it's it just i i mean i like seeing the more people the better you know and and it, it does, uh, you know, when you got the fans and the spectators, it does make you try harder and, and win, you know, because uh, there's nothing like people coming up and seeing you win, you know, and, and shaking your hand and wanting your autograph. I mean, it's just, there's nothing like that. Yeah, and I mean, have you noticed that's been tapering off lately or it's not as much as it has been or it is as much as it has been? Um, it's not like it used to be years ago, that's for sure, you know, uh, but you, you still get the, you know, the, the, the fan, I, you know, I, it's weird, it's just, I still get a lot of people from IHRA days sending me pictures that they took a, of me and them and want me to sign this picture and send it back to them, and I think that's just the, the coolest thing, it's like that many years ago and you still have this picture and you want me to sign it, it's just, it's kind of, Pretty cool. I mean, when you look at that picture, can you go right back to where that place is and hear the sights and sounds, or you kind of go, "Where was this?" Okay, Chris Holbrook. But now I go, I go, man, was that me? I was a lot skinnier, <laughs> and I didn't have gray hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, is there one that you looked at that you had no idea? But yeah, that's you. But where the heck was this? Um. No, a lot of them I can pick out where I was, you know, and uh, it just, like I said, it's great memory, so you, you, you never forget them. Yeah, I mean, when you're in the pit, you know, wherever you're at and you're racing and stuff, what's the fan interaction with you? 
I mean, do you prefer to stay in the trailer? Do you hang out? Do you? How does that work for you? Um. Well, very seldom I'll leave the trailer because I'm just so focused on the car and wanting to do good. And you know, back in the pro stock days, you know, my wife would laugh at me. I would do circles around the car, and then I'd go do <laughs> something else, come back around, do circles around. The I wouldn't leave. You know, <laughs> it's just and and a lot of times. People look at you and say, wow, he's busy. He doesn't want to talk. But that's not the case. I just, I'm focused, and I, I love talking to people. Please come up and talk, you know. It's just... But, I mean, you're not a small guy whatsoever. I mean, you got those Popeye forearms. If you're like some <laughs> regular guy looking at you and you're looking very intense, I don't think anyone's going to say, hey, Chris, autograph? <laughs> I mean, how do they know when you're approachable? I don't think they do, but, you know, here's here's the thing that, that happened recently. You know, it was, it was about two or three years ago. We were in Bradenton, and uh, uh, we ended up setting a record. And uh, earlier in that day, a guy came up to me, and he says, I used to race with your dad, and your dad was the greatest, and... and you know, I, I love people. I still get that today, you know. Hey, your dad was so great. I raced with him. And he taught me a lot and this and that. Well, I got back from the setting the record, and this particular guy walks up, and he, and he kind of shoves a $100 bill in my hand. Huh? And I'm like, what the heck is that for? And he goes, you just made my day. And I'm like, well, you don't need to pay me $100 for that. <laughs> you know? Wow. He goes, you're keeping it. And he left. So still to this day, I keep that hundred dollars in my fire pants for good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was no explanation about that. It was just a guy comes up and says, "Thanks for making my day." Gives you a C note, yeah, and takes he, off. He was a Ford guy, and he liked seeing the Ford set the record. And he's like, "Thanks for making my day." He gave me that hundred dollars, took off. You know, I was like, "Wow!" You know, <laughs> I got gas money. Get home. <laughs> what track was this one at, Chris? Uh, I was at Bradenton uh, in Florida. All right, so are you going to move there anytime soon? If you can make a hundred dollars a race, easy. Wow. Well, I'd like to, especially these days. It's a little cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, also coming off the hotline, we asked you what your favorite place was to race. What's your most challenging drag strip to go at? Ah. Uh. Well, um, most challenging. I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, that's why we ask them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, well, I guess is it the most challenging or the one I had the worst luck at? <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, we're trying to be diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <right. laughs> um. You know, I know they just closed the track, but uh, Atlanta was was a place that I always had bad luck at and, you know, kind of had a hard time getting down the track. So I'd say Atlanta. Bad luck because of why? I don't know if it was just uh, I couldn't, couldn't figure the track out. I was either spinning the tires or wheel standing or, you know, it just... Just not, just not, just didn't have good luck, you know, and it just, 
I don't know if it was just the track or a knee or it just, it just did not didn't agree with me, you know. How many times were you down there that this didn't seem to hook up with you? Uh, oh, about five times. Really? Yep, and every time. <laughs> and it's not a short drive right around the corner to come back home and go, darn, we should try harder next time. No, no, it, it, it was, uh, <laughs> I just never had good luck there. I mean, do you take that home with you when you're driving back? I mean, do you replay everything that happened in Atlanta that time and go, what the heck, and try to sort it out? Or do you go, well, you know, made that out, we'll come up to the next inning next week? Well, I do, and, you know, I have, uh, you know, some good guys that go racing with me, and, uh, and and the family goes racing with me, but, you know, the first half hour, you know, you're kind of licking your wounds and kind of down and out, and then, I don't know, I always like having fun, and then, you know, so then we're just laughing going down the road, and I said, man, just imagine we did good, how much fun we'd have, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, was there any time that you were going home and it was just dead silent all the way home? Nah, I, I, I can't. No. <laughs> Not with me around. <laughs> you know, was your dad that way when you guys were driving back with your sisters and your mom? If it wasn't a fabulous uh, day at the track, was it kind of everybody look out the window and count Volkswagens? Uh, he was, yeah, he was pretty quiet and he, uh... <laughs> He, uh, he had a temper on him, so, uh, yeah, there's quite a few times that uh, <laughs> it was quiet coming home. <laughs> yeah, and you kind of picked up on that vibe and went, ooh, maybe we shouldn't say anything on the trip home? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he had, you know, you think I have big arms? He had bigger arms, you know. <laughs> and when you were <laughs> he a would kid. around and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of amazing, gentlemen of that era. You know, when you were a little kid, those arms looked like Hulk Hogan, you know. And, oh, yeah. And they weren't afraid like, well, to show you. I, maybe if I, yeah, maybe if I make a man, he'll pull over. I can go to the restroom, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would have been a hero with your sisters and your mom, you know. Put, yeah, go Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let Dad womp you. We're going to go out here to the McDonald's. We'll be right back. Wow, what a pal. I mean, Tyken won for the team. My God, what a good family man you are. See, you do understand women. Job well done, man. You know? You know, it, there's also something here that said, how did you get a Bronco so fast? There's something. Um, well, uh, uh, I know the great people at Varsity Ford in Ann Arbor, Michigan. There's your plug. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. And, and, and you know, I'm I'm looking forward to our next racing venture. Uh, you know, we're going into uh, a new class. A new class. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. And, Forget uh, about the stocks, kids. Here we go. Yeah, Factory X, and basically it's uh, going back to the old school days: uh, steel roof and quarters. Wow. And uh, it's going to be a full tube chassis. Uh, Liberty 5-speed and an 8-inch triple-disc clutch. And uh, basically using our factory engines out of the, you know, the Cobra Jets and the Copos and the Dodges. And, but uh, and ours, it's going to be, you know, have uh, one of our Cobra Jet engines in it with a Whipple 3-liter. Uh, and it's uh, going to be a lot of fun. It's funny, wherever you go, Whipple seems to follow you around a lot. We 
we have a good we have a good relationship, you know. You think? <laughs> he he makes me look good, and I make him look good. Yeah? <laughs> when does this new season begin for you, and where at? Uh, well, right now Jerry Bickle's building the car. Um, uh, Varsity Ford is going to be the sponsor, um, and uh, so I say. It's going to be like a experimental class or an exhibition class this year, but I think they're going to have. I heard rumors of the first race is going to be at the U.S. Nationals, so we're trying to get the car ready um, for that um, and Labor Day. But uh, we do have a, a 2000 Mustang that uh, we run in NMC and NMRA. It's based. It's called Limited Street Extreme Street. Uh, I'm sorry, Extreme Street. Um, Renegade, and it's an eighth mile class, and so we'll be out at, down in Bradenton in March. So we'll be doing that first. So we're going to be running that until we get the Factory X car done. I mean, Factory X is that going to be eighth mile? Uh, no, Factory X is going to be quarter mile. Uh, ah. like, awesome! Yeah, it's going to be fun. You just heard, but that's the quarter mile. It's an awful sound, but it, we we love quarter mile here. Thirteen twenty to us means drag racing. You know, I'm on oh, the yeah. fan it side does. and stuff. It does. And it, the, you know, running this class I'm running now, it's just it's like it took me a while to, to get used to lift at the eighth mile. It's like, wait a minute, I'm over revving it through you because know, I got it <laughs> geared for the eighth mile, and I'm trying to go to the quarter. You know, <laughs> how does that work for you? I mean, really, Chris, when when you're doing quarter mile all the time, then all of a sudden. Here's the rule change. It's eighth mile. I mean, how hard was that for you to adjust? We heard some racers, it, it, it went right to like fish like water, and the other folks, it's just like, we just don't like this. You know, it took a while. I mean, I do like it, you know, um, but there's nothing like that quarter mile, you know, rush, you know, going through the traps. You know, hopefully, you know, this new car be over 200 mile an hour and, it's just there's nothing like that quarter mile rush and, and, and going a whole quarter. Wow. Wow. I mean, and so many, what we're going to do is we're probably going to have that last statement of yours put on a T-shirt or on the side of a van, you know, because we really do <laughs> love absolutely. I mean, 200 miles per hour in, in a car and a quarter mile, that's drag racing, man. I mean, that really, for again, on the fan side and on the spectator side, that's something, and I don't know if it's, it's somebody that is, you know, born at Centennial, you know, that grew up on 1320, but there is so there's something about eighth-mile racing, which we terrifically do understand why it's there, you know. But if we had yeah. our druthers, I think, folks, and we're seeing a lot more tracks now open themselves up to do quarter-mile races, those who can. And it's like, uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I like seeing that, you know, because uh, quarter mile race, like I said, there's there's nothing like that rush going through the quarter, you know. You know, the, the hardest person you ever raced against was who, Chris? Oh, um, man, there's so many great races out there that I raced against. Yeah, but who did you like look uh, out of the corner of your eye and go, uh oh? <laughs> Um, you know, back in the day, um, in I-Tree and Pro Stock, I, I'd say it was probably, uh, you know, uh, probably like John Yoke or, 
John Monacavo, Floyd Cheek. I mean, all those guys were just they they were they were com- tough competitors, and you know they they were racing that doing that class before me. And as I came in as a new guy and you know running fast, they wanted to kick my butt, so they definitely made the competition really strong. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm impressed that you brought out those names because may or may not be household names, but yeah, they were strong, strong competitors. You know, and did you yeah. have like that step up one because you had the Holbrook last name? Um, no, because at that time, you know, I was kind of like the small fish coming in, you know. And, small and fish? It, it, it took, well, I mean, those guys were, I mean, they were pros already, you know. I was just a sportsman racer for a while, and, and, uh, it, it, so, it, yeah, I, I, I'd say I was a small fish, you know I mean? Coming into a, a pro class, it, 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 it's tough. I mean, how tall are you? <laughs> not, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> not a guppy by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, if you had to match race anybody, and, and again, this is one that we ask just about every racer that comes on, and we're dying to hear... We, what your response is, if you had anybody to match race, who would you match race? Who would I match race, huh? Yeah, who would you go, all right, dude, look, come meet me at the track. This is going to be fun. Let's do two out of three. That's a tough one, too, because there's so many people that I love racing, you know. Um, Who do you think is listening now and say their name? (laughs) <laughs> uh, okay, my son Del. <laughs> I got a funny feeling the Christmas gift next year is going to be bigger. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, I mean, does it have to be in my class, or is it just anybody? Anybody? Uh, Who would you like to say this is going to be a blast? Let's try this out. Uh, I don't know. I mean, racing in factory stock, um, I always liked racing uh, Leah. You know, I mean, uh, Leah Pruitt, uh, well, I should say, uh, <laughs> what's yeah. her last name now? <laughs> Mrs. Stewart, yeah. <laughs> but she didn't marry Rod either. But, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I always race, I always like racing her. I mean, uh, it, it might be because, uh, you know, i I beat her most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Good save. I had a funny feeling that your wife's hanging around the corner going, who? Okay. Well, okay. That makes sense. Anybody else? If you had one more person to race, I mean, a match race and say, look, we're going to meet at Indy. There's going to be a ton of fans there. There's going to be TV here. This is going to be a blast. Why don't you come... You know, let's do two out of three and do a quick roll. Well, you know what? I mean, uh, I would say uh, uh, Aaron Stanfield, you know, uh, he runs factory stock and he runs pro stock. And he's a lot younger than me. And he is a very good driver. So, I I don't know. I I guess Aaron Stanfield. If you had a time machine and bring back any one of your dad's competitors, who would you want to race? Um, you know, he always had a, uh, a thing with, you know, he raced up, I don't know if you remember the name, Paul Rossi. 
Okay. Um, it was uh, it was a he raced a Dodge back in the day. Well, there you go. And it seemed like they ran super stock together. They ran super stock together, and uh, they were in the same class. So when they ran, it was heads up. So uh, that was kind of a neat deal. See, that would that to me that's cool. You know that you would remember somebody who wasn't. You're right, a household name but yet had some kind of uh, impression on you, you know, that you would say, yeah. this would be something cool to bring back. All right. Yeah, because, you know, I remember my dad, you know, you know, say, oh, we're going to beat that Mopar this time. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, as a kid, you're like, okay, let's go get him, Dad. <laughs> yeah, because your dad was walking right into all the Chrysler factory teams, you know. Oh, yeah. And he was, was he running NHRA at that time? Yeah. Okay. And, you know, it seemed like uh, we were in the uh, teardown barn, oh, just numerous times because it just seemed like they were picking on the Fords. I mean, listen to my dad and the, and, and the rest of his friends. I mean, back in the day, they're always picking on us Fords. I don't know if it was true or not, but it seemed like we were in the teardown barn a lot, you know. So. And what year would this be, or year? So? Oh, man, that had to be probably um, middle to eight. Late seventies, probably. Yeah, because the early seventies, the Chrysler guys were in there going, "They're picking on us." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I remember. I'm gonna tell a funny story. I remember being in a teardown barn, and and uh, they pulled the. We had to pull the oil pan off the FE and the intake manifold and the heads, and they were checking for uh, sleeves, you know, and uh, thought we were, you know, offsetting the the block, and so. Uh, this was back when they had the, you know, like the, the round can of oil with spout in it, you know? <laughs> the wolf so, said. So my dad had that sitting in the valley of the of the block, and the car was up on jack stands. Well, the tech guy that didn't like Fords was underneath there looking around, and my dad flipped that can of oil over and walked away. Oops. And about, you know, a couple minutes later, the guy come flying out oil all over him and screaming and yelling. And there's my dad just laughing. I'm like, oh, that's not, we're going to be in the teardown barn again. You know, <laughs> you know, how long, Chris, did that take you to be in the teardown barn by the time you get the car back? Oh, wow. You know what? I remember, to be honest with you, when I was younger, <laughs> a lot of times I'd be, I would give out and fall asleep, and then, you know, all of a sudden my dad would be waking me up. Come on, we got to get to the track, you know? <laughs> so, wow. I mean, it, it, it was a while because, I mean, doing those headers, you know, that, that was my job on, on the 67, 68 Mustang, putting headers on. And, man, that was just like six hours in it, it, on its own, just putting headers on. Wow. Well, luckily you're tall enough that you could bend over to it. Yeah, exactly. But still, what kind of thrill was that? I mean, was it an easy bolt-on at that point, or was it a little bit tricky? Oh, no, it was tricky. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anybody that made an easy bolt-on pair of headers that you didn't have to negotiate something. Right. No, they, they were a pain in the butt, that's for sure. <laughs> Not, you know what? We've taken so much of your time, and we're so thankful that you're here with us, Chris. Only because we said an hour, and, and we took you a little bit farther than that. We do, seriously do appreciate well, your time. time flies. <laughs> well, where are you going to be now? I mean, when folks want to see you coming up this season, have you got anything 
uh, in your head where you're going to be besides that one race or? Um, well, as far as the, you know, the, the NMRE and MCA, we'll be at all the races for them. Um, so, you know, but as far as NHRA goes, I think, uh, in our first race, pro- I mean, we'll be testing probably, hopefully, you know, we can get this car done and, uh, but I would say, you know, probably Indy will be the first race for NHRA, but, uh, we will be at all the NHRA, NMRA and, and MCA races. How many races you got scheduled for Michigan? Um, well, 131 uh, will be a uh, NMRA and NMCA race together. Um, so I think there's only one in Michigan. Okay, and then they got to travel down yep. to where? Norwalk to see you? Indy? Yep, Norwalk, uh, Rockingham. Bradenton, Florida, um, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, I know I'm forgetting some, but uh, yeah, that, that's that's kind of you know NMRA and MCA they got their schedules on their on their website. Okay, well we want to make sure that people see you make laps around your car, you know, or, or <laughs> see your wife's new Bronco. I mean, now people feel like they know you very well, you know. Talk about. Your sponsors this year are who? We better get those in. Uh, Varsity Ford and Whipple Superchargers and Hoosier Tire. See how that all works out? All right. So now somebody has a, well, they don't have to have a Coyote engine to visit you, right? No, not at all. We, like I said, we do, we do most of the engines, you know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we we do everything. We like right now we have Chevys, Mopars, Fords. We got everything in here. I mean, besides having a a, a Ford motor, what engine do you like? Kind of seeing come through the door, going, we can take care of this one pretty good. Um, I don't know. I mean, I still I still like the old FEs, you know, because that was my dad's you know favorite engine, and you know. It, he was in 1975 Hot Rod magazine, and they gave him the name of Captain Cobra Jack. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I still like seeing them engines. I mean, could you blindfold and take the heads off it? Oh, I'm sure I could. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe with, maybe with a you know a, you know a shot of Crown Oil. <laughs> <laughs> yes, folks, this is the man you wanted to build your engine. <laughs> <laughs> well, under- that's only after hours, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's where they work on the Hondas, so come by, say hi. <laughs> Anyways, your shop is in Livonia, right? Yes, we're on uh, Schoolcraft, uh, just west of Maryland. Yeah, and so you can go there Monday through Friday, knock on the door. What's the chances that people actually see you there, Chris? Oh, I'm right there in the heat of it, so uh, very good. All right, so if they're coming in to get a photo, that's 20 bucks. Anything signed, 25 <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> is it, one last question, and, and it's one thing that we heard. And Is there a nostalgia NASCAR something around your place? Um, yeah, actually, I, I, I share a building, and they, uh, they have uh, older NASCARs and Trans Am cars. Older how older? Um, well, they did have, um, uh, at one time, uh, I don't know if they still have it, but the, 
the Yarborough uh, uh, Hardy's car was in here. Wow. I mean, are they racing them, or what are they doing with them? Yeah, they, they maintain them here and take them to the track, and the owners fly in and drive them. So it's kind of like a ride-and-drive program. Wow. Wow. I mean, any chance? All right. We, we said last question. We lied. Okay, but only because it, it came up on, on the uh, hotline. It's like, if you know where the galaxy is, why don't you get it? <laughs> why not? Uh, <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I'm doing an engine right now for the, the guy that owns it. So he does not want to let it go. Really? Knowing yeah. that all the romance... I mean, this thing is like a Hallmark movie waiting to happen with you and your wife and the first time you met in the you know the whole nine yards there. And he doesn't want to let it go? He doesn't want to let it go. Would he be persuaded? <laughs> Could we put a $100 bill in his hand and say, make our day? Uh, I think it'd take more than that, probably. <laughs> why is he so... I mean, of all the other cars out there, why does he know that you want it that bad? Um. Well, I think it's because it... He bought, he got it from his uncle, and it was kind of kind of big in their family as well, you know, because okay. his uncle bought it from me, and he remembers that growing up, and so it's kind of special to him as well. All right, so could you find another 63, give it to him, and go, oh, it's crazy, we, we did something wrong with your car, sorry. Here, take <laughs> this instead. We'll keep this one. I mean, would your wife know? Would your wife be thrilled to see the 63 come back? Oh, I'm sure she would. I mean, besides having to put the down payment on the house and all that stuff, I mean, would it still have the same emotional impact? Oh, yeah, I think so, yeah. All right, so now if that gentleman is listening to this cast right now, you couldn't feel more like a creep, could you? Give this man back his 63. He'll give you back whatever money you want for it. He'll give you the check. He'll sign the bottom. You put in the numbers, you know, but give him the title Make his wife happy. You know, I mean, gee whiz. I mean, what a romance. Forget about that Chevrolet commercial that they did on the Super Bowl. You know, or not Super Bowl, but around Christmas time. This story, this galaxy story seems to be a real winner. God bless. Yeah, it would be cool. Chris, can you come back one day? We'd love to have you back, man. Oh, I would love to. I would love to come back, man. I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface yet, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look how fast an hour went by. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's plenty of stories I got. So, <laughs> kitties, hang on. We're gonna go talk to Chris off my off mic here, but uh, right now, let's look up Rolling Stones and Jumping Jack Flash on the only station that gives a damn about the greatest sport on earth, and that's drag racing. CKIW. <laughs> Radio 76.